You're listening to the Modern Web Podcast. For more podcasts, videos, and events, find us online at modern-web.org or follow us on Twitter at modern.web. That's M-O-D-E-R-N-D-O-T-W-E-B. If you want to change a paradigm, you cannot come top to bottom and say people, look, I know better. <laughs> Learn this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you, you need to, to come down, relate to them, understand the necessity, and then you say, oh, yeah. Okay, you know that problem you have, I probably can fix with this other thing. Rob Osell interviews Attila Fasina from the SolidJS Developer Experience team. Attila shares his unconventional journey into engineering and his work with SolidJS. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Modern Web Podcast. I am your host, Rob Osell. I'm an architect at This.Labs. Today, we're very excited to sit down and talk with Attila Fasina, who is a DevRel engineer at Crab Nebula and Tori. We might get to that a little bit later. On the DX team for SolidJS and a GDE of WebTech. Achila, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Thanks a lot for having me, Rob. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for being here as well. Um, just to kind of get us warmed up for people that maybe don't know you, can you maybe get us a sense of your dev journey and how you became involved with SolidJS and on the developer experience team? Absolutely. So um, yeah, my dev journey, my, my engineering journey started uh, in a very unconventional way, I didn't do like the the computer science degree stuff like that. Otherwise, I, I had like I feel like that's careers. becoming more normal now. It's, it's almost weird yeah. to go to, for computer science these days. Yeah, I think so. Like I was twenty something. I was working at gym and doing like doing bunch of gigs. But then at some point, I don't know. I like. I, I like computers and stuff, so I start self-learning a little bit. And one thing left to another, uh, left Brazil, came to Germany to work. And so, and then I always liked creating content. And that's more a, a little bit of my motivation in, like I started by writing articles and so on. It's kind of a way I trap myself into learning things all the way. Otherwise, I'm very much a tinker. Like I have a problem. I go there, I solve, I mm -hmm. copy paste, and that's it. But then in order to create content, you need to go a little bit deeper and go into the whys. And mm -hmm. so uh, that's usually what I do. Um, and as I'm creating content, I overthink, anticipate questions I might be asked. Uh, and then that's that's how I trick myself into learning deeper. And I did a bunch of like React development in the last like nine years of my career or something like that. But then at some point, um, things didn't click for me and I started looking around and I was playing with a bunch of different frameworks, a little bit because I work with DevRel, like creating a bunch of samples and integrations with different stuff. I always like oh, to yeah. keep track on how they work. And then... One day I sat down, like had a very long chat with Ryan Carniato at a conference. And I don't know, I guess I saw the matrix or something like that because <laughs> <laughs> I really liked like his plans for solid and stuff like that. I said, okay, so where do I sign? How do I help? And said, yeah, just get involved, like whichever way you see fit. So I started playing around, did a few conference talks um, while I was learning. Um, when I joined Crab Nebula, like about seven months ago, uh, there was like two Greenfield projects starting and pretty much around the same time as I was starting to learn Tori and Rust, 
Um, we were doing that. So I made a, like an RFC with a few of my colleagues and we ended up picking solid. And then it started like the snowball effect as mm. I was creating stuff, I was getting involved with stuff we were doing. And Crab Nebula is very open source friendly. They're, they have a very tight relationship with Tori. And the Tori community has a lot of stuff in common with the Solid community. Okay. Uh, and then things started rolling up like that. Uh, and then I talked to Dave, Dave DiBiazzi, which is the community manager, part of the uh, core team in Solid. And we start chatting. Um, so yeah, I think we we got along well. I started talking with different members of the ecosystem team. And yeah, I think the last history, then we started, like I started getting more and more involved because I, I'm the kind of guy that puts my hands on all the pies. Like if I see something there that I would like to do, I go there and I, and so on. And like, that's how solid community is. Like you start offering stuff and if that makes sense to them, they said, yeah, why not? Let's do it. So, so you're the kind I of guy that has a lot of fun at a buffet because you're just like, yeah, just yeah, have one yeah. dish. Oh. I got to go have a little bit of everything. Man, don't get me started on all you can eat buffets. <laughs> oh, that's a sport. And I'm from Brazil. That's a sport for us. Um, <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> I digress. Um, so, um, yeah, so then um, like we got, I got involved with the docs, um, docs effort, like uh, Sarah Gerard. Um, she goes by Lady Blue Notes on the social medias. Um, she's been leading that effort in terms of uh, creating a new documentation experience, I would say. That's how I would call it for Solid. And I got involved and Solid Start is getting closer and closer to a stable release. So we uh, we revamped the entire uh, app for the docs. It's pretty close to be to be shipped. Uh, right now is a developer preview. If you want to get involved to that, if you're listening and want to get involved to that in open source, there's a bunch of low-hanging fruits. Just join the Discord. We're definitely going to find you something to do for sure. Um, so yeah, that's been it. For, uh, and then Solid is always has been historically in need of a mobile experience. And then that just mm. connected with the Tori V2 release, which is about to, to land as well. We just changed to beta. And then that allows Tori to not only ship desktop apps, but also mobile apps. And if you can do like the front end on mobile technologies, it just, again, things keep converging in front of me. And I guess I've been incredibly lucky to be awesome. working at a place that just encourages that. So, Well, great. Well, other than Torian in Solid, you know, I think right now a lot of developers are staring at the ecosystem and just some people are sort of bemoaning how how fast everything is changing. Maybe for someone like me, I'm I'm more just sort of like intrigued but also sad at how tall my pile of things I want to learn is. Um, but what is, I know you have, you have a YouTube channel, so you play with different stuff, you play around with stuff. What has your attention right now? Like what, what is on your list of things that you hope you can maybe get to in 2024 to play around with? So um, end of 2023, I started I, I started learning Rust. I, I think I can say that. Mm. I've been pretty much taking a beating out of Rust because the compiler is ruthless. It's, it's, it's <laughs> incredible. It's, it's a very humbling experience. But um, 
at Crab Nebula, there's a lot of like Rust developers, very talented folks. So I I have the luck to pair with them when I get stuck. So I want to get a little bit more involved, get more into like learning that a little bit deeper. Um, but also, um, there's a lot of stuff happening uh, on the solid ecosystem in terms of a lot of innovations. Like I've been talking with uh, one of, another of the core members. His name is Alexis. And he created the Serval, which is the library that we use for serialization. And we had like a call where I had a few questions about it and how it worked and stuff like that. And he just like made a huge brain dump. And it's incredible, like the amount of like performance optimizations that he did and the kind of thoughts that went through his mind in this sense. Um, in like not only the duplicating the requests, but then also the duplicating serialization. So then Serval doesn't serialize the same data twice, mm -hmm. um, which is like, it didn't occur to me at all. And I, I and I, I think none of us, because we don't talk about that. Like I think Sir, uh, I think Alexis was the first one to do that. And Serval is the only one doing that to the best of my knowledge. So I really want to understand a little bit deeper how those things tick together. Um, and yeah, essentially go a little bit further into um, how this, uh, how this, how the, how the mechanics work um, inside with like ob the observer pattern and fine grain reactivity. There's like signals are like I understand signals well enough to find myself productive with uh, with a framework like Solid. But that's just, in my opinion, that's just the tip of the iceberg. If you start diving deeper and and seeing how they work and um, what are the nuances between push and pull data, mm. and you know that's that's amazing, that that's incredible, um, and it it it's kind of mind bending at some point. Uh, so I, I enjoy that, and that's what I've been trying to get deeper into it. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I, you know, it's so funny. I, I don't, I constantly am bounding about on what I want to learn, you know, between like playing with new models, learning how to build models and with AI to sort of continue to understand how to do that. But then like, somehow I've just been really interested recently on um, minimalism. Like, I don't know what that is, the contrarian in me that, oh, there's all these new frameworks that do things. I want to learn how to not need any of those tools. And oh. if only just to see what the tools are still really giving us and what we really need them for. Like, I'm kind of in that opinion that if I'm challenging premises of things and, you know, we're moving to this SSR world, there's like a part of me that just really wants to understand fully what the web platform has given us in the last few years, because some of it's actually quite impressive. Uh, so some like the page transition APIs and things like that. So. I've had it on yeah. my to-do list to try and do some side projects that use as minimal tooling as possible, just to kind of get a sense of like the state of play for for sort of interactive things just off of the platform. I think that's great, and uh, it it also brings back to the the conversation we were having right um, a little bit earlier about the DX because um, we get into those like little benchmarks and performance optimizations and things like that, which framework is faster and this compiler <laughs> yeah. is 50 times faster than the other compiler and so on. And we're shaving microseconds away. But then if you look at the, 
um, a, like there is the the that JS benchmark and and things like that. Like nothing's gonna beat the vanilla JavaScript in the end. And and then it it like it brings back to a lot of like the most asked question I get when I'm leaving the stage after giving a solid talk is, oh, solid is faster, right? Should I change my stack to solid? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, like that those are actually two separate questions. Yes, it is faster. Point. Okay. Uh it's faster than than a lot of libraries. But mm -hmm. speed enough it's is not uh a reason to do that because um you can write very performant code in any framework you choose, in any tooling you choose, or without tooling. Uh, like if you want to shave all as by as many bytes as possible, do that. Um, so, uh, and then what the frameworks bring in the end is that nice DX where you may be able to onboard someone easier to your project, or you may be able to write. Uh, a more declarative code that's more readable or that you can uh, use in more places and so on. So um, there is a balance between like, and also like the DX is also a little bit about protecting best practices to some degree. So making sure you're preloading the right amount of resources, you're doing some some abort control or on, on requests and stuff like that. So a lot of frameworks make it easier for you to handle this kind of stuff. Uh, but in the end, if you're so obsessed with performance and velocity and stuff like that, you go vanilla because then you you have everything in the in your fingertips and then you can do everything. So I do think that's a very nice um, um, motivation to understand like what the platform gives you because then either you know where to stick with the platform but also you know what parts of the platform needs some extra tooling to be brought in um, to, to reach your end goal um, in the best way possible. Sometimes it's hard to bridge the gap between business objectives and tech implementation, and it can get messy. This dot is trusted by top names like Meta, Google, and T-Mobile, and they love helping business leaders fulfill their strategic digital initiatives. Check them out at thisdot.co. One more time, that's T-H-I-S-D-O-T. So, Achille, we were talking about DX, and what thing? One of the things that's fascinating to me is what what is the role of the DX team on Solid with respect to you know the design of the platform itself, right? Like, you know, because I'm curious about like developer experience for a platform versus developer relations for a platform, and kind of how those intersect. So, like, what are the roles of the DX team for Solid, and you know, what are the things that kind of fall under your purview? So um, the team is like pretty much, it's pretty, pretty fresh. Like when I joined, it was uh, only ecosystem team. And then talking to Dave, um, we've been like, this idea has been coming out of having a team that can basically bridge out um, education or like teaching people how to use solid and uh, teaching how Solid works, and also um, bringing back to the core team and to uh, the people that are working on the tooling and the framework um, ideas or necessities that are coming from the community. So, um, and I think that's that's a little, and then that kind of intersects with a bunch of layers inside Solid. If you think that as an initiative, 
So what we have right now is um, Ryan is probably the first and biggest DevRel solid we'll ever have uh, in the way that he goes out. No one throws out five hour streams like Ryan can. Yeah, exactly. Uh, absolutely. Um, and, <laughs> and even off camera, I mean, I don't know if you've met him in person, like he's the most generous person with his knowledge. You can yeah. like if you find him in a grocery store and you talk and you ask him about uh, whatever JavaScript, he's going to stop everything he's doing and he's going to give you like a lecture of everything he knows. So um, so that's that's one piece of it. But then there's also like creating more of those and creating different shapes of those things and also engaging with people and understanding them. So one thing that we're doing right now is, as I mentioned, there's this like big effort on the docs side on we want to like right now the docs of solid we're, we're gonna um, we're the first ones to admit it's not in a great shape and solid deserves better and that's what we're doing right now so the idea is to create this new app and for the documentation and make the contents like um enough like if you want to get started with solid if you want to learn solid the content should like these docs would be able to get you from beginning to end and so on. So a lot of the effort goes into reviewing the content we already have written and understanding what are the shortcomings of the current content and helping people like somebody comes into our Discord and say, look, I found this issue or uh, it, this part's not covered. And then we go there and help people get 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 on with that. So that's a little bit of what we do in this case. I love the I love the emphasis on docs across the board. You know, Angular just released their new doc site. Obviously, React did last year. Uh, Svelte's always had a pretty solid, a very good, uh, pretty solid, a really good almost... uh, doc site for themselves. <laughs> I know, I, I almost, I almost did. I love a good pun, man. Yeah, go yeah. for it. <laughs> um, and you know, it's funny because I had somebody come to me and ask, like, they were developing an SDK, and they said, "What was like the number one thing you think?" somebody should be aware of if they go in and to build an SDK, like to be to be valuable. And I thought about it some and docs was the first thing that came to mind. Um, and I'm glad that so many teams are realizing that uh, because it's not just for new people. Um, you know, we all need those references. We all need that ability yep. to spot check. And honestly, it's great as a senior engineer when the docs let you dive deeper when you're ready to, when you have one of those weird questions like, oh, like in React, oh, I have multiple hooks. What order do they fire in? Is that known? Is that determined? Not determined, right? Like it's great when docs will meet you at that shallow level, but then just let you keep zooming in to to yeah. get as much of that in depth knowledge as you can. So um, yeah, absolutely. And 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 I think that um, it's a very complicated effort to nail docs just right because yeah. People come to the docs at different journeys, like as you just mentioned, like senior engineers, like if you're like extremely savvy on something uh, and you go for the docs, you want that reference. You probably want to copy paste stuff. You want to get in, get out, and that's it. Uh, you went there, you saw what you did. Hopefully you saw that quick enough that you don't pay that uh, context uh, shift tax where you need to go back into uh, in the zone and whatever. But then there's also the other one where it's, oh, I'm exploring. I want to see what that is about. And then you're going to consume the docs almost like a book. So what we're doing in, in Solid is that uh, we have the learn and the reference, which is something that a lot of 
documentation already has. Um, and that's basically, oh, you want to learn concepts, you're going to go through here. And then there's like a whole thing. But then, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm using this specific API and I want to know the caveats and I want to know why this or that. And that's a whole different effort. That's a whole different um, way of writing, I guess, and, and, and being objective about. So, um, yeah, that's something we're definitely looking for. What do you see as being the particularly most salient developer experience issues for Solid itself? Like, I have some things that I thought, but I'm curious, like, your thought, too, on what are the things that come up most often for you when you're dealing, talking to developers who are using Solid and kind of saying, I didn't understand this, or this is really a struggle for me. So, like, in the in the very beginning, like, if somebody just started with Solid, they have the issue with, uh, and there's, like, at this point, it just... It, it's almost a meme that uh, signals are not like a reference. <laughs> you need to you need to call as a as a as a function. But then once you you're past that little statement that everybody has memorized by now, um, I think what helps it to stick is to actually understand why they're like mm. that, because that has deeper consequences in the sense that TypeScript, for example, is like. Um, it, it it it's not able and it, it doesn't want to um, narrow the types of a function call because you don't know at which point at which context your runtime is gonna hit that function call. So mm. basically, you cannot do as you do in in any other framework that would store your state as a as a reference. You cannot do like a simple conditional and narrow type that thing. So what and to circumvent this, Solid, of course, has some control flow components that brings you a callback. And essentially what it does is inside, it makes the proper type guards and then brings you back the narrow typed uh, reference uh, value as a signal as, again. Mm. But um, because people memorize the first sentence when they just come with Solid, they go and like, of course, the, the, the control uh, components, they work without using the callback. So people don't do the callback and then they say, oh, but my type's not working. TypeScript's broken. No, it's not. It's just like there's that the little nuance that you just missed on understanding the consequence, but not the cause. Um, so that's mm -hmm. the first thing. Um, then you have, uh, on a second way, you start building more complex apps and then eventually you find yourself having a complex type where you want to store data like an array or an object. And it becomes like, it, it still work if you put that on a signal, but we have better ways to do that because if you create a store, for example, you can have that, that deeper, finer grain reactivity for the signals, for the, for the, for yeah. your, for your objects. And, yeah, and that's the second can thing. be scary. <laughs> exactly. But then that's the second step where people, okay, so do I need a store? Why do I need a store? And how the store works? Oh, proxy objects. Oh my God, that's something else. Uh, and then, so there's all that, 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 that brings in. And finally, there's the, the issue, uh, especially now that solid start is, um, is about to like blow up and, and it's, Glad it's beta and getting close. It's super stable. People are playing around with that more. And then we start, we start, sorry. 
yeah. And then we start having this kind of questions about, okay, so now I preload my data. Now I need to type check. Now I need to control flow this or that. Where's my data uh, being arrived? When my, when my data arrive, how do I do this kind of, so this kind of paradigms um, mm. are also a new thing to to help people get settled with. So how do you like how do you approach a conversation around developer experience and like what needs to be done when it's the community that needs to kind of learn, right? I mean, this happened right away with Solid with signals. I mean, maybe it's difficult now for developers who are seeing signals implemented in almost every framework to remember what it was like when Solid first came out and everyone was saying, why do we need these? What are they even for? Why are they important? This seems unnecessary. Um, and nowadays, I think we're getting this a lot with React server components and trying to understand server and client and, and how to deal with that. And on one hand, you could say this is bad developer experience if this many developers are confused. But on the other hand, you can say, no, any paradigm shift will necessarily just need time to for the community to kind of catch up with it and sort of change their mentality. So how do you separate what is a developer experience concern from what is just an education shortfall or just a need to continue to reinforce a new paradigm with a community? That's an awesome question. And um, I think that when it comes to education, you just need to be very persistent. Like, for mm -hmm. example, we have in the solidjs.com, there's uh, when you just go in, there's the hero section and then there's two videos. One of them is a Fireship one and the other one's introduction to signals. That video today is, I think it's five minutes and 10 seconds, mm -hmm. if I remember right. Um, I recorded that, uh, that's the third version of it. I recorded that and Ryan told me- I was gonna say, like, I was so surprised. It was just updated two months ago. I just listened to it again recently. Yeah, so that was me. And uh, what Ryan said to me is like, my dream is to have it under five minutes. So my first version, I actually was like very cutting all, all the silences and stuff like that. And I got like four minutes and 59 seconds. <laughs> But then it was like a little bit robotic and then we we added up a little bit. So anyways, um, but then having a conversation with Ryan, uh, he mentioned that the first time he came up with that demo, he did in about like 40 minutes to one hour. Um, wow. And I, I think that's just like, a, and then the, there was the second version, which was in the website uh, for a while, uh, which had eight minutes. Uh, and then I think we just, are getting better and better on uh, condensing some sort of information or explaining. Um, and, and I think that's like a very uh, interesting take um, in terms of like educating towards developer experience. So the first thing is, I think is splitting off when you talk to somebody uh, on, in any kind of dev, dev rel situation, you're going to show that to, to some developer and they're going to have feedback. And that feedback, it's definitely not the best thing for you to just write down on the letter and give it out to your engineering because there's a lot of context. There's a lot of nuance to understand like who that person is, what's the background they're coming from and so on. And then you digest that and you say, okay, so their take was this. But it was this because of that, you know? So if you come like, if you come to learn solid from a React perspective, I'm probably gonna show you first the syntax mm, because yeah. that's common ground to you. 
But if you come from Vue, I can immediately jump into signals with you because you know like refs, you know shallow refs and so on. Yeah. Um, so there's always that on that part on relating to the person that's giving you the feedback first and then understanding, okay, so these are the people that have this sort of questions and then how can I make it easier for them to go about it? Um, so you can do like, you can go multiple ways. Sometimes you write something, you like, you write a little library or uh, whatever to get them, like to give them the right rails to to do what they need to do or to understand what they need to understand. But sometimes you just like, just go and create content or you just go and document stuff. Um, so it, it does depend a lot. And in s talking about solid specifically, and, and also I can, say that from Tari as well. Like those are the two open source communities that I'm more familiar with. The core team and like in terms of Solid's core team, in terms of Tari's working group, they're extremely humble and they are eager for feedback. So, yeah. um, and, and you can see that from Ryan's stream. That's like, it cannot be more clear that if you come to the chat and you say something, oh, this is bad and you have proper reasons, he's going to stop it and he's going to answer to you and he's going to think about it. Um, and, and I think that's, that's the whole thing. If you want to change a paradigm, you cannot come top to bottom and say people, look, I know better, <laughs> learn this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you, you need to, to come down, relate to them, understand the necessity. And then you say, oh yeah, okay. You know, that problem you have, I probably can fix with this other thing. Um, so that's my take at least. Yeah, it's, it's so hard with, especially if things become complicated, because there is nothing more frustrating than sort of being talked down to, even if that's not the intention with someone saying, you don't understand it now, but you will understand it eventually. And it's like, <laughs> who are you to say that you're that yeah. highly evolved that I need to you know get there? But it, sometimes it is weirdly true, but you're right. You have to do that in a way that doesn't sound like judgmental. Um, it, it's off-putting when somebody says that, yeah, just wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, some sense for developers, you know, I think right now, because there's been so many new takes on how to do things, I think everyone's just trying to figure out what the right way to do something is. And am I doing it the wrong way? And I think, you know, what I love yeah. about Ryan, too, is he says, listen, if what you're doing works for you and your team, just keep exactly. doing it. There's nothing wrong with something that works. And uh, I love that mentality amongst yeah. a lot of the current um, popular framework authors and, and, and teams. Uh, because I, I do think that's right. I think that's why like a lot of times my fatigue right now isn't fatigue as much as it is just sadness. I don't have more hours to learn more things. Whereas it used yeah. to be like, oh no, I'm falling behind. But it's like, listen, React will ship just as well as it shipped. Angular will ship just as well as it shipped. You know, even if you're not using Next, yeah. even if you're not using Solid Start or whatever, whatever's working for your team is probably fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Unless absolutely. you're coming and up to major limitations. Yeah, and that's why I I think I don't have the the whole like JS fatigue that got popular like two or three years ago or something like that. I, I never had that because what I as you mentioned before, like I'm really good at all you can eat buffets. So to me <laughs> the, the plurality of, of tooling is, is energizing because um I like picking up the other ones and seeing, oh, this one is better because of this. This one is better because of that and so on. And you go mix and mixing and matching. And that's the first thing that attracted me towards Solid because Solid just picks examples and picks things that work from all the other frameworks. Um, like we have server actions as well. Like, and um, they 
they also have that directive, the use server directive, because that's a hint for the compiler and that works great. As much as some people might not like it, it, it does the job. Um, mm. And then the syntax is pretty similar to what um, the React one has, the Next.js one has. But then you have, like, there's other stuff that, to me, uh, were not great, where tainting the fetch prototype and stuff like that solid oh, yeah, doesn't yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's the explicit way of dealing with cache. Uh, where you have a helper that you define the cache and so on. So you know exactly where, like, there's like this little new, there's the little shift between, okay, so now we're not as declarative anymore because you know you're dealing with cache. If you're dealing with mm. caching, you don't want to, you want to be as imperative <laughs> as possible. That's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I like that. And, and I, and, to certain and and I, I think server actions were actually first in solid and then it, it went it, it had in other places mm. um i don't know if i like, probably remix was first i don't I, i'm i'm bad with time it's close you're on the front edge involved. it was on the front edge either way yeah uh but solid starter has had um server actions for a while but i think it the api changed uh we had like a big overall a big breaking change on the router um, about around Christmas time. So like one third of the API got cut out and then a lot a lot of other stuff has changed specifically to introduce the cache APIs and the mutation APIs um, and, and to lay the ground for what solid start beta would be two weeks later. So um, yeah, um, and I think the state that it is now with the nice API and stuff, we owe a lot to the frameworks that did before. Um, yeah. Because then, like, we could go there, like, we, uh, I say we, but it's like a royal we. It's like the core team, Ryan, more uh, more directly, went there and figured out, oh, they did that, that's interesting. I'm going to pick that. They did that other thing, it's interesting. I'm going to pick that and so on. So uh, I think that's very refreshing. Uh, and, and I enjoy that. I enjoy looking at other frameworks and then looking at Solid and seeing, oh, we're bringing that thing that works there, we're bringing here. Um, I, I feel that that's a way the core team has my back in this sense. Um, yeah. Because they're bringing new APIs and like life quality improvements in a way. You know, one of the things that's fascinating about Solid is that it does have a lot of syntax overlap with React and that is intentional. But yet it is different in some fundamental ways, which is actually a stumbling block for people that come from React to Solid uh, oftentimes is to understand like what that's not actually a render function <laughs> yeah. that's going on there. Um, and so now Solid Start comes into a world that already has Quick City, it already has uh, Next, it already has Nuxt, it has the whole cadre. What have I missed now? Uh, analog spell start <laughs> uh, and all the ones I've forgotten now I apologies um, but that means though that you're going to be using a lot of the same syntaxes or tackling a lot of the same problems as these other frameworks and then sometimes using some of the same names as other frameworks but they might have different implications either at a small level or at a fundamental level so how do you react how do you respond to the challenge of positioning and um, and and making it clear to people how Salt Start is and, and the benefits it gives in a world where people come at it with 
a bunch of different notions on what it is even before they've read a line of documentation. So um, I think you touched like two very nice things. One of them being that there's a lot of frameworks um, doing pretty much very, very similar stuff. And for example, uh, there is Nuxt, Analog, and Solid Start. The three of them have the same runtime server. Like literally, mm -hmm. it's the same package. The three of them are on top of Nitro, which means that for us developers, like on the, the consuming end, it's amazing because that means that whatever platform I can deploy one of them, I can deploy the three of them. So that's something out of the window. And if I have a problem with the backend on Solid Start, I can probably get help from somebody in the Angular community or in the, the Nuxt community and so on. So this is a nice thing uh, that is plur uh, that like people doing similar solutions, but with their own like own sauces, um, they kind of know they they kind of learn from each other, and that's the whole premise that surrounded Solid Start in a way, um, because like Solid Start kind of pulled the development in something. Uh, in another tooling called Vinci, which is a wrapper around Nitro and Vite. So basically, Vinci is like the bundler for Solid Start, but it's like a thin wrapper that creates a declarative API that you define all your routers, uh, pretty much inspired by Bun. So what you have is you pass you you have a create app function, and then you pass uh, um, an array, and that array typically is going to have three uh, elements. One of them is your server-side router. The other one is your static router or a CDN. And the third one is going to be your client-side routing, which allows you to mix and match. So in the end, um, you can decide to have something else in the front end. You can decide to have 10-stack router at some point instead of solid router and so on. So the way that solid start positions themselves uh, in this plural plurality of tooling that you can choose is we don't care. You pick whatever you want that fits your bill. And if you want to use Solid, you might have an easier way if you use Solid Start because what Solid Start gives you is all these helpers to handle like the data functions and, and connecting the front end and the back end in a way that's more intelligible to Solid. So you get the signals, you get all this stuff and it brings in the, the serialization story that I mentioned with um, with Cerval and stuff like this. Uh, but ultimately, like we like as, as like I, I everybody I think I, I speak for pretty much yeah I don't want to speak for anyone actually I'm speaking for myself like there but you go. <laughs> <laughs> speak whatever you want and um, yeah that's that's the whole point so. Um, I think was when I was on uh, Ryan's live stream because um, a talk of mine got um, a little bit popular because I put, I showed like um, frameworks that use um, the, um, didn't use signals and then signals became popular. And then I had this like little glasses. The on deal the with the glasses. Yeah. <laughs> the deal with the glasses because now everybody's <laughs> doing signals. And then, I went to Ryan's live stream um, a few weeks later, and Ryan even like 
he generally said, oh, if when I started doing solid, I had any clue that this could happen, I would have gone and helped the other frameworks do it. Um, because what happened is that solid is just a thing that Ryan realized, oh, signals is the best way to describe an app or describe an, an application. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to build a library around signals. And everything else that happened is consequence. Um, so... And, and that's it, I think, in the end. It's it's why he's a fun guy to follow and uh, why Solid's a fun framework to use is because you know not only is it going to have bright ideas in it by itself, but Ryan will go around with no ego and collect all the best ideas that other people have and bring it home as well. Yeah. Uh, that's You get that sense from him that it's a very egoless endeavor. He is very much just interested in finding the best uh, way to do it, knowing that there is no best, but trying to find it anyways, and uh, that's uh, he's really pushed everybody along uh, on on his own journey. So that's that's great. Yeah, and yeah, and I think like the the fact that his like he and the team are are unafraid of experimenting, like mm -hmm. solid start at some point uh, began, and then it's stuck in beta for about a year or so. And they refactored it, I don't know, two times. At some point, is oh, we're gonna we're gonna go and wrap it into Astro ecosystem to use the plugins, to use this, and we're gonna use 10 stack router because then we can only focus on the solid start aspect. But then things didn't really work in, in terms of interoperability. And then they ended up creating Vinci and they ended up uh, changing a little bit on the solid router. But they experiment and then they come back and then they re they they go and and find the way that works best so uh at least for what they have in mind so that's that's a little that that's exciting i, I like that he they openly experiment and are not actually afraid to go back and say oh wait i fumbled here. <laughs> yeah that's great well listen uh, we are very quickly coming to the end here. Uh, so uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of this, you do make a lot of videos on YouTube and such as well. So can you let people know where they can find you online in case they'd like to hear more of uh, the things that you have to say? Yeah. So because namespace on YouTube is a complicated thing, I created a redirect. So it, if you go attila.io slash YouTube, you're going to land on me. And uh, that's easier to find than the YouTube search. Um, also you can do like that little shortcut with any social media and I'm going to be happy to reply to you if you find me anywhere else. Um, so yeah, um, LinkedIn, X, even Blue Sky, Mastodon. I'm happy to <laughs> chat with anybody that wants to chat with me. Wonderful. Well, that's going to be it for us today. Thank you for listening to this Modern Web Podcast. And of course, thank you to our guest, Achilla. As always, this conversation does not stop here. As you just heard, you can find Achilla online all over the place, but you can find him on Twitter or on X at Achilla Fasina. That's A-T-I-L-A-F-A-S-S-I-N-A. -A -S -S you can find me online at RoboCell. As for the podcast, you can find us online at moderndotweb.com or on Twitter at modern.web. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. This podcast is sponsored by this.labs, a framework agnostic consultancy that specializes in JavaScript. You can find them at this.co slash labs. That's T-H-I-S-D-O-T dot C-O slash labs. We're